previously on The Crown. We went back in time to Gordonston when Prince Philip was a young boy getting bullied, getting picked on, and overcoming that. And then we jumped into the future to see Prince Charles getting bullied and really not overcoming it. So that was the whole episode. A lot of father-son stuff going on. So this week... We're wrapping up season two, saying so long to this cast, and moving forward in The Crown. So let's get ready on the Lords of Grantham podcast. One last time with this group of individuals, we are back with The Crown Season 2, Episode 10. As, as in group of individuals, you mean the cast of the first two seasons of The Crown, not me specifically, right? No, your Corey is safe. Maybe it's all our, our okay. 20-person crew. This is my notice <laughs> no, to the little... Lords of Grantham uh, family. You're all done. That, that's come as a shock to our listeners. There's just a rotating cast of uh, of podcasters for the show all, all of a sudden that we have someone else coming on <laughs> to to do the the next round of episodes. I feel like half our audience would be like, "All right, I'm fine with that." <laughs> I like the crown, you know. Maybe I'll get a different perspective this time. I don't know. Yeah, well, that is a uh, they just shift up every two seasons, just change it. Our attorney yeah. Kevin steps in with uh, Alec. Our what do we got to, expert? I mean, what do we got to lose aside from listeners? Yeah, I mean, we don't make money <laughs> off of this. <laughs> make a couple bucks selling a T-shirt or a mask every now and again, but that's we're not a we're this is not our livelihood. Yeah, but rest assured, we're here to stay. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, we're, as far we're, as we just know, because <laughs> all our favorite cast members are going somewhere, doesn't mean we are. Yeah. Uh, so, Dave, is there any news in the Crown and Downton world? Do you know? Um, not. To my knowledge, is there? Am I missing anything? No, all I saw was uh, Vanessa Kirby starred in a movie that premiered at the Venice Film Festival, and the best reviews of her career. They're saying it's the performance of her career. Not uh, Mission Impossible Six or Hobbs and Shaw. No, it's it's called Pieces of a Woman, and she's starring opposite Shia LaBeouf. So there you go. Wow, Shia's back. <laughs> he really is. He really is. <laughs> Uh, so we'll be on the lookout for her if, if there is an award season this year. Um, Vanessa Kirby will be making the rounds, I think. Oh, so then we'll, we'll, we can say we were we were here first. I, I don't know. I think there's a bunch of crowned viewers who are before us, and then we came around after her. Well, no, we were there for, for Mission Impossible Fallout. I mean, that came after the two seasons of The Crown. That's fine. Okay, all right. We were, we were there. We were there. We said she had talent, and here she is getting an Oscar. Um I saw a poster for a new Lily James movie coming out. That's right. I meant to mention that too. So she is starring in the adaptation of Rebecca opposite Army Hammer. That's right. For Netflix. Uh, are you familiar with the story of Rebecca, Dave? It's a, a ghost movie, right? Uh, in some ways, yeah. Um, more about like how there's a haunting uh, of this place where they're, they're staying, but I mean, it's not really a haunting. It's kind of in her head. Uh I think actually our listeners will, will be into this if they are not familiar with Rebecca at all, and they should be. Um, it's a classic gothic novel by Daphne uh, du Maurier, uh, 
first adapted by Alfred Hitchcock into a Best Picture winner in 1940 with um, uh, Laurence Olivier and uh, I forget her name. <laughs> Lily James. Uh, not back then, no. Um, but uh, it has like one of my uh, favorite line readings in that movie where Laurence Olivier says, loved her, I hated her. And it's, it's good. It's a good one. Oh, Joan Fontaine was in that. But okay. big shoes for this movie to fill. I mean, I, I trust Lily James. She's an accomplished actress. Yeah, we'll see if it can live up to Hitchcock. You, Dave, you know how big of a Hitchcock fan I am. And mm-hmm. Rebecca's a great, great film. <laughs> it's very, very good. Well, let's hope. So. Yeah, I saw that. And Ar- Army Hammer's kind of a guy that, that uh, never quite made it the way he, the world thought he was going to. But well, I, I, he's, he's had opportunities social network um call me by your name great lone ranger sure uh, well, I, th- I think they pegged him to be sort of what uh what henry cavill has turned into or or uh right right and i don't think henry cavill's as talented <laughs> he's <yeah>. more jacked <laughs> that's true that's true speaking of mission impossible that's that's cavill at his finest there we go another another guy um rogue nation or what was fallout keep up with all the name. fallout ones um Anyways, yeah, so the Crown Extended Universe, the Downton Abbey Extended Universe of Actors, they're out there getting work, so good to them. Yeah, good we might them. have to do another uh, Downton Film Club with uh, maybe these double features, if, if, especially considering you're such a Hitchcock, Hitchcock fan. I don't know. I don't think I need to see, see an adaptation of Rebecca. I'm sure it was as good as we got back then, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> to, to be honest. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Wh- whatever. Wh- why don't we get to the season finale, Dave? Sure. Absolutely. It's the mystery man. Who is the mystery man? We'll get to it. Okay, all right. Um, it is April 1962. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time has passed since the last episode? I, I wish they had markers on every single episode. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> the timelines jump around. I'm not sure. All right. Well, 62, it opens with that. And when we see wait, Prince Charles at the end, he's not much older than he is in that the last episode. Yeah, so I'm it trying to think significantly what, later. No, it's like, when did uh, Queen Elizabeth have her third child? It was like 1960, so it's like a couple years between now and the Kennedy episode. Wait, the Kennedy um, episode hasn't happened yet? No, 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 it's a couple years since then. Okay. Uh, yeah. You say, um, what is this, Indiana Jones? Fast and Furious? <laughs> what is with these timelines? It just I, I, it just tends to hop around for whatever's convenient for the plot or, or the episode. Um, no, no, this is, I think, in, within the, the timeline they, they've uh, set. Um we got we open with Phil training or doing something, some kind of exercise and calisthenics, you know. Yeah, he's tiptoeing in a circle and jumping jacks and stretches and very whatnot. basic, very basic push-ups. Like for he's a like, guy who's so jacked. Yeah, he's barely lifting off the ground and stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, in the timeline of the show, he's supposed to be like late thirties at this point. Mm-hmm. So he's he's doing well for himself at that 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 age. Oh, absolutely, and he he's jacked. Until uh, I mean, season four, we'll see how he looks in season, or I mean, season three, when when he morphs into someone else. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of wish. Spoiler alert! To, to jump ahead to the end of the episode, I was hoping there'd be like some kind of like them morphing into like <laughs> their new bodies or whatever, something like, like, like uh, animorphs. Animorphs. Hot American Summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael Jackson black uh, black or white music video or um, the Snoop Dogg video. When he Snoop Dogg turning into a dog or uh, James Earl Jones turning into a snake and Conan the Barbarian. Oh, Something yeah, along those lines. I mean, <laughs> just, Prince Philip just turned into a, a, a lizard. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a missed opportunity here to see Claire Foy turn into uh, Olivia Coleman. I, I'd love to see that. Okay. I, I think mm-hmm. watching Vanessa Kirby turn into Helena Bonham Carter would be like, it's, it's one of the saddest things, <laughs> with all due respect to Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, I mean, for all the Whovians out there, I mean, Matt Smith has experience with this. He has transformed from David Tennant into Matt Smith, and then later into... Uh, oh, Capaldi? God, Peter... Peter Capaldi, yeah. <laughs> and then into so he, the woman, right? There's a woman now. Yes. Uh, her name escapes me, and these past two seasons have not been that good. Not because of her, she's good, but I can't remember her name. She stars in Attack the Block. I know who she is, but... Anyways, Matt's yeah, neither here nor there. He's got, he's got a crick in his neck right now. He needs to morph real quick, or else something's going to go bad. <laughs> oh, and he, <laughs> his, uh, he his morphs. His out. He morphs pretty quick, thanks to uh, Stephen Ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so this is where it throws me a little out of whack here, is... They send him to go see this guy. He, he's not familiar with him. Mm-hmm. And then the episode, it seems to indicate that it flashes forward without telling us as much. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot of implication, and I feel like that's sort of the theme of the episode. There's a lot. This episode was hard to follow, I found. It was. I don't know about um, else. Yeah, there's a lot of things that don't get uh, addressed fully. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of implications. Yeah. And. I feel like that's supposed to aid in sympathy at some times, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, because they seem to really pin it on Phil this episode. <laughs> um, so this this guy he sees, this Ward fella, he has a connection. And it's to one of our favorite characters that we've encountered on the show. Dave, who is he? Who does he happen to know? Mike. <laughs> How does he even come up? It's like... How does it even come up in conversation? Phil's just like, you know a guy named Mike? No, yeah, he, of course I know a guy named Mike. He says, like, where, where are your... T- he, so Phil goes in to get the, the his neck fixed because he's mm-hmm. hurting. He's in right. the neck brace. He's borderline asking someone to snap his neck at one point. It's like, whoa, whoa Phil, He does. He, I mean, he's like, just yeah. pop it back into place. I got to go do my, my running in a you circle. You do it like this. You, you just snap a neck. <laughs> you kill me. <laughs> and then I come back as a, in a new body next season. That's yeah, how it works. Like, don't you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go into I'm my morphed. cocoon very soon. <laughs> yeah, so he he um, he says that he's got to go see this uh, Stephen Ward, or he has recommended Stephen Ward, mm-hmm. and then he goes and this guy's like basically just pops his neck back in and feels like, all right, I'm good, I'm good, yeah. and then this dude's like, man, it's not about the the your neck, it's about all the things in your life that are making your neck hurt. It's about all, the pain in uh, it's not a literal pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. It's a figurative pain in the neck, and then it feels like put that together that it's a pain in the neck that sends him here in the first place. Oh my I, gosh! I know. <laughs> that's that's some heavy-handed writing. Okay. <laughs> so so Phil is like, well, what do you mean? You know, like te- tension is the word that the uh, Stephen Ward uses, mm-hmm. and he, he's like, you know, we all have tensions and stressors in our life, and and it's kind of my job to help that go away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, didn't you used to have a a boy that would make that stress go away and he's like I do yeah you, you know my boy named Mike are you familiar with a guy named Mike of course like, I know a Mike ah Mike is it the same Mike we're thinking of and then they name different last names but then they eventually come to the right Mike it's like oh, no not that Mike not this Mike not Michael Adeen <laughs> yeah uh, it's, you know, the mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, no, I mean, they pretty quickly actually come to realize that they're talking about the same mic. Um, because Ward enjoys putting people together. That's that's his thing. 
and he's a uh, uh, he draws portraits, and we see that there's a portrait of a young woman, and Prince Phil's like, "Hey, who's this?" And he goes, "She's gonna be at my party. Wanna come to my Christine. party?" <laughs> nope, nope, not the Kiss song, but is, it is Christine. Yeah, and uh, she could be young. I mean, God knows. I, I don't think she's that young. There'd be a whole other level of fuss if she was underage. Um, if anyone's familiar with the Kiss song, just fill in the blanks. Uh, there's just one problem with this Christine person, though. And it, it she, is very quickly brought to the the front. Like, they don't waste time in this episode with this. No. So, so what happens is it, it's Phil looking at this picture of Christine, intro, and then Christine being inter- interrogated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, wait, wait what, did I miss something here? <laughs> yeah, because she's a call girl that was at a party with a Russian spy. I think she is Russian. Isn't that the the thing too? I thought she was just connected. I don't think she's actually. I didn't get the impression that she is a Russian spy because she's not on the stand. It's mm-hmm. um, Stephen Ward is the one who gets in trouble. Right, he he does. Uh, no, she was involved with a a, a Soviet. Yeah, that that's yeah. the issue. Yep. So, the only issue with all this is that there's a photo and it appears there's a certain someone who is at one of these parties that this Christine was at, Ward was at, and the KGB was at. Mm-hmm. And they don't know who it is. It's just a, a head. It's the back of a head, the shape of a neck, and, and a little bit of some shoulders. And I'll be damned if it doesn't look like someone we know, Dave. It's Mike. He's back. <laughs> yeah, he never left. <laughs> No, they, they they heavily allude to it being Phil. That's right. And, yeah, they don't come out and say anything just yet. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but we don't even know if it's really... I mean, we, we can assume because it really does look like the back of Matt Smith, but they don't tell us that it is him. Mm-hmm. They don't. Uh, yeah. But somebody tells Elizabeth. Right. Uh, well, because the news is getting around. Um, it, it starts with McMillan. Uh, he's getting word. Uh, he's shooting off some guns in the field. Um, but there needs to be a conversation that happens. And he's informed about the Pofomo, the Profumo party. Uh, or, or these parties that the government minister, John Profumo, would throw, which had Ward, Christine, the KGB, and everyone there. Um so that's why you know they're letting McMillan know because it's one of his own party members that are, that's throwing one of these parties mm-hmm. that could put everyone at risk and, and threatens his own uh, credibility uh, as the prime minister this is stuff that I had to kind of look up after the fact because it wasn't exactly explicit to me watching this mm-hmm. <laughs> the implications for McMillan why he needed to know this and tell Elizabeth and everything but he doesn't even get to tell Elizabeth about the mystery man no, he he doesn't. Who who gets to tell her? Well, before we even get there, we find out that uh, there's a somebody in in perhaps the dumbest and most unnecessary uh, lead-in scene. We see that not only is Queen Elizabeth pregnant again, yes, but somebody is her- there complaining about the noise that Princess Margaret and Tony Armstrong are making. Oh, I thought you were going to say her iron levels are low, which are true. Which well, yes, true. her iron levels are low. To, you know, it's a complicated pregnancy. 
Yeah. So she goes to talk to her sister about the noise that is being made mm-hmm. by construction people and, and, and partying or? No, just about the construction, I think, that's going on. How it's just inconsiderate and to tell Margaret and, and, and Tony about that. So she goes to tell him. And then Margaret, who's pregnant with her second child. So we are. Tr- Margaret, is it her second? Yes. Yeah, she, she says it's her second child. Huh. So it's a throwaway line. This is, again, a lot of implications with this episode. Yeah. Pregnant with a second child. And uh, where were we? Okay, I'm looking at my notes. So Margaret is drinking in this scene. <laughs> I think it's almost meant as a, as a joke, though, because, you know, they, they say how, uh, you know, her pregnancy is uncomplicated. She says, like, so knowingly as she sips, like, some bourbon. And I think we're supposed to, to laugh. I, I, I mean... Do we really want to think Margaret was drinking while pregnant in real life? I this hope not. This is the not. 60s, so I feel like they probably might not Knew have been a, as A little hard. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Margaret is like, hey, I heard a rumor. You want to hear a rumor? How's Philip doing? <laughs> what and do you she, mean, how's he doing? And she, she pulls out the, the newspaper and says, look at that hair. Look at that body. <laughs> <laughs> he works out. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be Phil. It's got to be. Yeah. And Elizabeth, she's not buying entirely, but she she thinks, yeah, it, it's probably it's got to be. It's got to be. Mhm. And yeah, and also, you know, side note, Margaret is also installing a dining table in the same room as the kitchen. She calls it e- egalitarian. You get egalitarian, you know, like But like why practical. why is that necessary for a royal? To have a dining room a table in the room of the kitchen? Yeah, I feel like there's a there's function and then there's just I'm doing something to be modern. But when you're the princess and you're having everything served to you, you don't need that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Well, Dave, you grew up in a, in a place where the kitchen was in a separate room as a dining table. Isn't that correct? Yeah, but we never used the dining room aside from holidays and like special dinners. Huh. Well, then. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but, you know, maybe she is just being modern, you know? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. And before we even move forward, how mm-hmm. how good of a reveal is Tony in this episode? I didn't get the context of that scene. I didn't get what it was for exactly. He just shows up at a place. I feel like it's just to establish the fact that Tony is still Tony. Yeah. Because we're, what, it's a newspaper office and this, all this mystery man, Soviet mm-hmm. spy stuff, and the camera kind of goes and it's like, well... What do you mean you want to go on vacation again? And it's like, uh, camera turns. Tony! It's Tony. <laughs> Tony, Tony. And he says something about, like, you know, the secret to a successful marriage. And it's just like, he's just like, uh, uh, was it absence it binds their marriage together? That's the thing they have in common. He's like, let me just run to Tokyo or wherever he wants to go this time around. Yeah, just spend time apart. That's how you have a healthy marriage. Uh, so... So any, anyone Tony. tying the knot, just remember. That's what Tony Armstrong Jones would say. And we'll, and we'll see how that works out for him. Indeed, uh, we will. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the Prime Minister asked to see Elizabeth after that rumor. Mm-hmm. And he, he's uh, he's telling her about what's going on, right? He, he, well, because what we see is was it the, the osteopath ward goes on, on trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, things do not go well for him there. No, not at all. Not not at all. He uh, 
he ODs. We hardly knew you, Ward. <laughs> yeah, he does indeed. Um, we do learn in the like the intercutting everything. He's he's a member of the Thursday party, so he was at a lot of those luncheons. So he was mm-hmm. connected to a lot of those people. Um, but so that's how he Phil, knows. Mike. Phil never really seemed to know him. No. Or was Phil, did Phil leave the organization before? But Mike know, and it, Mike and Phil seem to have been yanked from the society at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people at that Thursday lunch club, so there's a chance he didn't know that guy. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a decent dude, aside from hosting all these like illicit parties. He seemed like a stand-up guy in that first scene with Phil, <laughs> so I was like, kind of throwing. I feel like he's a. Uh, I feel like he's he's kind of a, a dirtbag, though. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. I, I mean, say, he must be. He's <laughs> he's sort of setting up these illicit parties, and who knows what else is going on at these parties aside from what he's letting us know. Yeah, and we know that um, Queen Elizabeth expecting Philip just disappears. He goes, "I'm going away for the weekend." She goes, "It's Wednesday." Yeah, yeah, because he's not there. And Isn't this a callback to Jackie O? Didn't she say like, "I'm going away for the weekend," and it's like, "Oh, what day? It's only Wednesday." <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. Like they need a need a break from everything. Um, and Dave, where do you know where he's going? Where he's headed out to? Was it the Algiers or something like that? No, he's at the the Saint Moritz. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which you know, you'd think as a married couple, you'd communicate when you're going to Saint Moritz. And well, did, did, there's a shocking lack of communication between Liz and Feld in this episode. We never see the Queen outright tell Philip that she's expecting. Yeah. Well, I mean, she does mention it when she says, I'm going to Scotland because I'm, you know, expecting, I think. Yeah, but if that's not the first time he's heard about it because he's not like, whoa, what, really? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he kind of expects it. Um, She goes to tell him and it's like, oh, he's not home. He went away for the weekend to this uh, Stephen Ward party. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because he's missing at first and then he shows up and then, yeah, he's packing his things to go away, which, again, it's still not clear to us why he's going away exactly. I guess all the press are out for him, but it's not really that clear. (laughs) <laughs> but when he says he's going away, but I guess it's it's later, and we'll get to it later. He he gives a reason why he went away. Yeah, but Elizabeth, she's going away to Scotland because she's got to work on her iron levels. She needs she needs less stress. Uh, Gotta get off her feet. Yeah, she tells Macmillan just stay on the job, just keep doing Wait, everything. Macmillan that, wants to resign. Ultimately. Yeah, all of a sudden it comes out of nowhere. Macmillan's just feeling like, you know, I. He's got that pressure of you know being connected to this illicit party as whatever because there's one party member and he he's just got to get out of there and she's like just I need to de-stress I need to go to Rancho Relaxo put my feet up and have this baby and then call you know we'll, we'll get back to work after. So you better not quit on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because is um no that speech comes later, but she she's just like. No, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Which is so weird. So they show her going to Scotland. Beautiful shot of her just standing before this water all by herself. I find it absolutely bizarre that she would go away without any of her children. I understand she doesn't need stress, but to spend months without her children who are... St- well, the one's still two years old. And, and you know, I, I can see how maybe Charles is away. Yeah, Charles is at uh, Gordonston. But it's just... And there's a, the third one, the girl. Um, I can't remember her name. Is it Camilla? No. Uh, it, it's just like... You can't. That doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense that she's all alone in Scotland. I understand with Michael Adine. It seems like it just seems like it's a two-person show out there. <laughs> poor, poor Michael Adine. Uh, no one likes him, and he has to follow around the Queen all the time, who doesn't seem to care for him either. <laughs> and he doesn't have his mustache. Doesn't have his mustache anymore to keep him warm. Um, 
she's all, all by herself. So, yeah. Speaking of all by themselves, we get to see McMillan all by himself while his wife goes to a show. Oh my gosh! You know, so we got hints of this earlier in the season where you know they they seem estranged, and she seems very friendly with a, another man. Uh, we really get a sense of what's going on here in this episode, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, after the conversation he has with the um, the guy visiting to tell him about the 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 Profumo, uh, Profumo uh, parties, um, he says something about lines of uh, along the lines of I can you know see the fracture the fault lines in a marriage, uh, you know he he can you know identify liars and stuff and his wife is just kind of looking at him like, how can you not see that what I'm up to? You clearly can't see what I'm up to, and you're I saying this he, stuff right now. He's, he knows exactly what's going on. Exactly, but I feel like she thinks she she's playing him for the fool. Well, you know. Everybody plays the fool because he's allowing this to go on. Yeah, and you see in this episode, they're sleeping in separate beds. Very Brady Bunch-esque. Yeah. This is a prime minister. He can't even get a full-size bed. He's got to sleep in a twin. Right, and and he's also saying, like, you know, I trust something along the lines of, like, I trust nothing went wrong, and she calls him a a credulous, trusting fool. (laughs) Is this in regards to the show or on the phone call? I think... The phone call? Uh, I can't remember. It's yeah, so, early in the episode. So she comes in and she's giggling because mm-hmm. she went to see this play, this satire play. Some comedy show. That looks like UCB but political. Mm-hmm. And they're just making fun and we see her with uh, Joss Tufton in the crowd smooching and laughing and, and McMillan's like, did you did you laugh at me? And she's like, yeah, I of did. Of course. It was funny. <laughs> Dummy. Uh, did everyone else laugh? Yeah. If I was laughing, everyone else was laughing. Dummy. <laughs> um, McMillan just and she's just she tells him like you should go and see it though. You should you 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 you'll get it. You get it. I don't uh, even know why he speaks to this woman. <laughs> she she is mean. Like they don't paint her in a good light at all to with him. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, we talk around. about how like Mike's family is not a fan of the way that they treated Mike. Mm-hmm. McMillan is treated as the ultimate pushover, time and it's time like a, again. He's, he's cuckolded, like straight up. He, yeah. he asked her if she went to the play with Boothby, which is the name of the guy. Yeah, it was Josh Tufton. It's not. It's not the actor who played Tufton. But it's it's, he has named, Tufton vibes. Yeah, he adjacent, uh, and he just knows she's going out with another guy out in the town. I mean, whose bed have your boots been under? Let's let's be real. Uh, but he's, I mean, McMillan is called out for his a terrible impression, uh, or this terrible impression that he's leaving on people. And so McMillan, he wants to go see it for himself. You know, mm-hmm. she recommended for him to go see it. Dave, what happens when he goes to see what this whole uh, show is about? There's the strangest sequence in this whole show so far. Absolutely. We have a cross-cutting between four different things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the trial of uh, Stephen right. Ward. It's, ODing eventually. <laughs> it's Elizabeth alone in Scotland on the train to Scotland. Or on the, yes, I think. yes, yes. Yeah. In her journey, it's a Philip getting drawn by Ward and like kind of hanging around. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> and then there's this play with um, where not only is it the literal play, it's Macmillan mm-hmm. watching these, you know, improvisers or you know, clown comedians making fun of him, mm-hmm. and then it's it. It's them laughing, and then McMillan's like, okay, I'm kind of in on the joke. This is silly. Yeah, he's and, enjoying it. And then it gets like, it turns dark when they break the fourth wall and start talking to him. 
Mm-hmm. And then he imagines himself in his underwear on the stage. Yeah, and his boxers on stage. And then everyone turning and laughing at him in the audience. But he sees himself on stage in his boxers, which is like, is that how you're going to really represent this? It's like a like 90s he, music video. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this is his embarrassment being in your, your boxers. But he's still got and, his jacket on. It's not like he's like all the way to no, his boxers. No, he just looks like, he's, he looks like he just step, stepped outside and forgot to put his pants on. Yeah, morning. not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> looks fine. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, got to got my trousers on there. But it's just like the world of embarrassment to him to just not be wearing pants, I guess, or these people to make fun of him, which makes him feel like he's pantsless. Precisely. It, I, I didn't know what to think. It's like, okay, that, I, I get, I get what they're communicating. It just seems so, I don't know, broad stroke <laughs> to really communicate how embarrassed and, and like, mm-hmm. you know, weak he feels and stuff like that, just to show him without any pants on. And also, are we supposed to feel sympathy for a guy who was because they're really trying to drum up some sympathy in some ways? And it's like this guy, okay, or was a supporter of the Suez Canal, which led to like a lot of people, you know. Mm-hmm. Dying and, and it was a necessary war, so it's like I don't need to feel any sympathy for this guy. He, like, yeah, he, he like jumped into Anthony Eden's shoes after basically like pushing him out because of the canal thing. Absolutely. So if he has a wife that belittles him, if he gets caught in public without his pants on, I don't feel that bad for him. But he he, he gets put in his place justifiably. So I think in this episode, yeah. So I think it all works out. It all works out. And, and it all works out because he has an orange-sized tumor. Yeah. I mean, you'd think he just made up an excuse, but no, he had a benign orange-sized tumor. And we see uh, another sequence where he looks totally emasculated. Right. Because So Elizabeth is enjoying her time out in Scotland. And, and, and Dean's uh, got to ring the bell. you got to go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you gotta go see this guy. He wants to step down. And she's like, man, I told him just keep just keep the job going. Like I just gotta rest. Just, my baby, my baby needs iron. Uh, yeah, uh, she, you know, she told him specifically before she left to go back and take charge of the government. You know, they need stability more than ever. How much more obvious could she be with what she told him? Well, <laughs> not, he gets not rolled enough. in on a bed out of like we didn't even know about the with tumor like a at that posse. Point. Yeah, by, by the nurses and everything. We didn't even know he had a tumor. He just gets rolled in and out of nowhere. It's like, wait, what the hell happened to him since losing his pants? Like, <laughs> He's got a tumor. Yeah, so he's got he's got like a, a sheet on him, and uh, he's in the bed, and he's he tells her he just simply can't go on. Yeah, and, and Elizabeth is like, it's benign, though. And he goes, it's the size of a, of a orange. And she's like, and? It's gone. <laughs> it's out of you. He's like, I got to go convalesce. I got to rehab. Anthony yeah. Eden went to Jamaica. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta go to some Hawaii or something like that. Yeah, and he, he's like, I got, I got the perfect guy for the job. This dude named Alec. I think he's a cousin of yours. Just get Alec. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's, she's not sure about this uh, because she throws it right back at him, and this is oh, the, she, she cuts a great, cuts great a moment. promo. <laughs> yeah, she had three prime ministers, all ambitious, clever men but not one has lasted the course. They're either too old, ill, or weak. A confederacy of elected quitters. Yep, no one has lasted the course, is what she and, said. Yeah, and McMillan is all stifled, and she just walks walks <laughs> yeah. away. She, she goes, this it, I'm done here. Yeah, she, it's like you, could, you could almost have a, a mic drop and just have her walk out. Yeah, her music hits, and she leaves. 
And then, then a gust of wind blows by and blows the sheet off McMillan's bed, and he's pantsless again. And he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps happening. I need my pants." <laughs> That's why he stepped down in real life, actually, because he just kept getting caught without his pants and just couldn't and those bear satirists, with the embarrassment. The, the, the satirists, <laughs> they keep taking my pants. Uh, well, we hardly knew you, McMillan. <laughs> Truly, we hardly knew you. Yeah, I mean, you're about as established as Anthony Eden, but not not much more. But I feel like. Not enough, not enough Mac. Yeah, and it's. I feel like it's a little unfair for you know uh, Elizabeth to say like you know all these prime ministers came and went and, and you know I'm still here in my ten years. But it's like I mean you knew coming into it that uh, Churchill wasn't going to be there for that long. We didn't know yeah, Anthony he did, he was he a, lasted a, a decent junkie. amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eden was yeah. shooting up. We didn't know about that, and we didn't know that. Yeah, well, because of that, McMillan came in. So you had a string of bad luck. So hopefully this Alec guy or whoever's next sticks, you know. Oh, I have a feeling he'll last a long time. Does he? I don't know. I don't know British oh, politics. Okay. <laughs> I, I just know we get to Tony Blair at some point, and that guy's good, right? I mean, we grew up in the 90s. He was friends with Clinton. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Foxx? Uh, yeah, Jamie Foxx, great Tony Blair. Um, so... That's sad. She's back off to Scotland, and we cut back to Buckingham Palace with uh, Phil bombarded by uh, protesters and people taking photographs. Doesn't, yeah, it's not clear, quite clear what's going on. Uh, he walks in on Tony smoking on the floor of Buckingham Palace, mm-hmm. legit smoking a cig while lying on the ground. <laughs> He's just in boss mode uh, this episode. Yeah, Matthew Good was like, "So wait, what do I got to do?" They like smoke a cigarette. He goes, "I'm tired today. I'm gonna lie down." <laughs> Okay, and, and then like, they give right. him fifty grand right there in the spot, and he's like, "This is why I do what I do. <laughs> I'm Matthew Good, baby. <laughs> I bring in the female viewers. Just, just let me do what I do." <laughs> yeah, and and, and uh, Margaret is there, and she's like, "You just missed your wife. She's gone back to Scotland." Yeah, and, and they they kind of all realize, wait a second, they're all here to you know, I guess protest this Alec guy becoming prime minister, and she's the one who's not even there, and they're all there to support her, and she's not even there. It's like she came and went, and we just wanted to wait by the window for you. That's why Tony's on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and Phil's just, like, kind of all silent. And, and Tony gets a good snipe in on him. <laughs> you think it's a snipe? You think it's truly a snipe? A little bit there. He tells him that he tells him it wasn't smart for him to go to, like, St. Moritz, you know? <laughs> that next time they travel somewhere, he should come with him. Because then, because then it won't, like, draw attention. He's like, boy's code. Yeah. No, he, he, he's like, he's like, dude, I would have had your back, man. Yeah. Let if me you be just invited me to St. Moritz, it would look like a boys' trip, not just you going alone to like duck out from this controversy or whatever. If you being at a party, come on, bro. Yeah, and and in that moment, did you did you like? I've I haven't been like thrown or rather drawn to the magnetism of two people's charisma the way that I was mm-hmm. with Matt Smith and Matthew Good. Yeah. I was like, oh man, we're missing something by not having these two have more time together. Yeah, they're t- testosterone going at each other that would be so good. Cause but like, there, they're two stars. Like, yeah. That's... And when, when Matthew Good walks off, you just see, like, the way, like, Matt Smith, like, cuts, like, an image of just, like, standing there and looking to the side, he does that a lot. He always, he always loves to stand there and look off to the side, because the angles of, like, his jaw and stuff, like, he looks like he's, like, chiseled out of stone with, like, how, like, angular he is, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, man, that's, that's Prince Phil right there. <laughs> Boss. But that's and it. Also, that... this, this goes back to, like, Doctor Who, too. 
he's he's good at playing a guy who's older than he actually is. Especially mm-hmm. in Doctor Who, he's great at being like hundreds of thousands of years old, maybe. Um, and but he's just a young body. And here, a little bit more in, in these later episodes, I feel like he carries himself a little bit differently than the beginning of season one or season one, where he's yeah, he's, he's much weathered more at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he yeah, so he he kind of has an idea of what he has to do. And that's it. We'll we need to say at this moment we we wave goodbye to Vanessa Kirby and Matthew Good. Oh yeah, I guess that is it for them. Well, no, they show up at the end of the episode. Oh yeah, that's right. They do show up at the end of the episode. We'll, we'll wave to them later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she, it's Phil. He has to go say go speak to Elizabeth. He he knows what he's got to do. He's got to go to Scotland, and we truly get the cyclical nature of this season in this last scene, couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Very well acted scenes, by the way. These are these are powerful. Uh, I think. Indeed. Indeed. Uh. So, he kind of goes there and plays dumb in the first place. Well, he shows up and he's looking for her and she's clipping roses. Mm-hmm. Outside, while pregnant, just doing he, business. He's like, hey. And she said, I came here to be alone. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And then he goes. And he's like, what's going on? And, and the credits roll. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the, all, all of them. But no, she's she tells him, you know... There was a portrait of you, dude, at Ward's place. How did you not know this was? They call him like despicable and everything. This episode, they 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 call the Ward guy. Phil, like, oh yeah, Ward gets dressed. I mean, he is despicable. Yeah, and she's like, you knew this guy. And there's, they said the the police had to pay. Uh, they had to pay off the cops or something to to dispose of other portraits of Phil from other moments mm-hmm. on these these trips. Yeah. But Ward is just like, he treated my neck. That's all he did was just treat my neck. He's like, yeah, he must have done that from memory. Yeah. Uh, and he only met for a couple treatments, you know. Um, but he, and he's just like, don't be ridiculous. And she's like, how can I not be? I don't know where you are half the time. I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know where my children are half the time. (laughs) She's like, I really uh, don't care about my children, but I care about you. Yeah, I want to know where you are. I can find my children if I need to. (laughs) Um, And he's just still kind of playing dumb. And she she goes over to her drawer, and what does she pull out? She's like, you know, like, we got to talk about this. You know, I got to do it. And he's like, look, stop stop beating around the bush and just say what's up. And she, she doesn't say what's up. She opens up a drawer. And there's a locket in there. Oh, it's back. Cyclical. Here we are. The, the, the dancer from episode one of season two. Yeah, he said, hold, hold me closer, tiny dancer. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about this little tiny dancer who's stuck in this picture frame here. And Phil just stares. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. But I then mean, Queen Elizabeth is like, I know what you signed up for. And she says... You need to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. She's like, look, I'm cool with you filling around. Yeah. But spies? Portraits? Right. And, and, and the thing, if I'm Phil at that point, I'm like, yahoo! <laughs> Hold the, the on. Weird, the weird thing about this whole show is like, they kind of really hang it on Phil, where he, he doesn't deny those things happening. You know, the, of, of hooking up with other women, and the thing is, in real life, did he actually carouse around 
more than likely no. <laughs> but I, I for get the sake the feeling, of the drama of the show. I get the feeling that um, there, this scene kind of tries to cast doubt when the show had not cast a doubt at all prior. Yeah. Because we really don't outwardly see Philip do anything questionable. We just see that he's either the mystery man or he's on this boat going to Tonga, you know, like... Yeah, I, I just It's never explicit. Be, that's true. I just wish it was a little bit more direct with, you know, saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, uh, it just just say that. Instead, it goes the roundabout long way, which I think is, yeah, it's more romantic and more dramatic. Uh and he tells her, "You are my job." You He's know, like, you're, uh, "You're again cyclical." This is like episode one. He goes, he says, "Your father told me that mm-hmm. when I married you, you would be my job, and you know, I got to pay my bills and go to work." Yeah. yeah. AKA, I got to go away for long weekends, hang out with right. my boy Mike for a long time. <laughs> that that's the the funny thing though is is where you know, you know, you're saying cast out, but. You know, when he says this whole proclamation of, you know, I'm yours not because I'm, you know, I have the title or whatever. It's because I love you. Well, disappearing to St. Moritz is a funny way of showing that you love someone. That's true. <laughs> I mean, as much as much as you're trying to, you know, make this this statement here and I, I'm buying into it in that moment. Um, it just seems a little funny how he's disappearing all the time because he doesn't even answer that question, really, why he's disappearing all the time. I, I do think that there is um, some believability in the comings and goings of these two people. Because sure. we do get the impression that they're absentee parents. They really aren't there. Like, I think they're always on the move. Not mm-hmm. to say that it, it's some, like, get-out-of-jail-free card, but it is. There's some truth to the fact that they are uh, always coming and going, and maybe yeah. without reason. So, I don't know. I kind of I kind of felt for Phil in that moment. Okay. I'm sure Liz is traveling, too. We know Tony's always traveling. Right, absence makes binds the the marriage together. Um, but you, we get a really tender moment with the from this, you know, uh, the, the, where he just leans his head in, in like on her on her, you know, into her stomach, kinda, you know, and they just sit there for a while, and it's it's kind of moving, uh, you know, just like seeing how they do care for each other, even if they are at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he hands her a bill for his uh, stay in the St. Moritz, and then, you know how much that all costs and stuff. <laughs> Well, there's that good line, and I didn't write it down, so I can't. I won't quote it word for word. But Philip is like, everyone thinks I'm this really like kind of complicated guy with all these complicated things, and I'm like simple. I'm not. I'm not complicated. I'm an open book. Talk to me. You don't. You don't want to talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and at that moment, I was like, wait a minute, is she really going to be like? did you cheat on me? And he's going to say no. And we're supposed to like, it would have been a really weird shadow to cast at the end of the season to, to right. Which it still is a bizarre ending to the season because it doesn't wrap anything up as far as the questionable nature of their, the season started with them on the boat after the, the Mike situation. Yeah. Where his fidelity was brought into question and it ends effectively ends with his fidelity being brought into question again. Well, I think it, there's more of a uh, of a pat on it though. Of like they're together, they're not going anywhere. You know, I I, I told you, Dave, at the, for the opening of this episode, we need to have a song that that you know that fits. And I recommended Billy Ocean's "European Queen," which we know in America is "Caribbean Queen." But mm-hmm. as that song goes, you know, "European Queen." Now we're sharing the same dream, and our hearts they beat as one. No more love on the run, and I think that's where we are. 
I, I think you know we've really reached an understanding between these two. I hope not so. Going anywhere. I, 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 if they keep dealing with like older Phil getting around, I mean, I feel like they circled this wagon for two seasons. Can they really do it again for a third season? I let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, the interesting uh, final image though for or final scene for the for the season and for this cast where they're taking a family portrait with all the yeah. babies. And I think that there's the scene where Queen Elizabeth is giving birth. Mm-hmm. And the last time she had a baby, Philip was like playing racquetball. Yeah, it wasn't there. So this time this, there. And we see she was all drugged up and passed out after the baby was born. So we see there's some form, their union is there. No more love on the run, I'm and telling he, you. And the baby <laughs> comes out and Philip is standing there stone-faced and then he smiles. Yeah, he's in, he's in it. And you know they're trying to take the the family portrait. And who's there to tell everyone to shut up? Well, it, it's also um, again cyclical. There's that mm-hmm. photographer that is trying to to paint these pictures. Oh, and and the family unit is so important. And then yeah. It, well, have you seen there's like there's that uh, gif of Prince Philip like screaming at the photographer, like current old man Prince Philip really? saying like take the effing yeah. picture. Oh, I haven't seen that. No. Yeah, so it's funny because everyone's sort of all these children and babies and Tony Armstrong Jones and, <laughs> and and Phillips like everybody shut up. Yeah, but but the lasting image of that whole scene is just Elizabeth is just sitting there unfazed, not really smiling, just kind of dealing with it, and it's almost like a statement of like, you know, we we still don't know Elizabeth as well as we know Phil by the end of this, and you know we know a little bit more about Margaret and stuff. Elizabeth still kind of seems static in a lot of ways. I, I think. There's this scene in this episode where she leaves Margaret when yeah. she just found out that Philip might be the guy in the mystery the mystery man. Uh-huh. And we see like her face and it starts to crack. I think that's Elizabeth like distilled into one. Like she she as she always says she can handle it. Like she can deal with yeah. Philip's behavior She's if it stealing. means yeah, yeah. She doesn't let her emotions out. And so that but it it just kind of shows the show in a microcosm where She's the center of all this, you know, drama, and she just kind of stays down the line, whereas everyone else can't keep it together, you know, only just long enough for a photo. Yeah, and Phil has to be the loudmouth who's like, "Shut up." Yeah. So that's uh, the season two of The Crown, Dave. What do we think of this season? I loved it. I thought it was so much better than season one. A lot more entertaining. A lot more entertaining. I w- it wasn't as good as High Downton. But it was as no. good. It was better than uh, seasons four and five of Downton. Yeah, I just feel like the, it took a lot more chances with some of the art direction. There was a lot of shots in this episode. Oh, this like episode was beautiful. This was yeah. film quality. And also, I mean, we drag the show all the time for it taking liberties with history because it does it all the time. But it made it more watchable at least this year. I mean, I know season one took a lot of liberties, but not necessarily for a more entertaining show. This one. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like less of. I mean, we got Anthony Eden and his drug addiction. We have less of just Churchill talking down to Elizabeth, which I think got a little old in season one. Yeah. But uh, it just worked this season. A lot of the Margaret stuff was even better than season one. Still not enough of it. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this more later, but yeah, it was it was a good, it's a good good season. Yeah, and good episode. I would say uh, a little. Wanted more of the Queen in the last episode of the Crown season two. Well, just more, more clarity in this episode. Like it was just too much going on that I couldn't track. And like, true to form, you know, 
I don't think there may have been a photo with Phil, you know, actually at a party, but there was a lot of like suspicion that maybe Phil knew this guy because he was a member of the Thursday. Was the Club mystery man life. true? I don't think so. <laughs> really? I mean, does it have to be true? <laughs> I feel like it. It must have been some controversy. I'm I'm googling it right now. The mystery man. Um, I mean, okay, so the first result uh, from Town & Country. The Crown story is rooted in fact, but takes plenty of liberties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Prince Phil's connection, uh, I don't think there's a, a photo. Hmm. Well, it was fun to watch. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, there was the portraits, which were purchased, that went missing. But I mean, what does that prove? You know, yeah, they're together now. But it, it wasn't in like the newspaper, and everyone was like looking at this like photograph. Like, <laughs> look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. <laughs> hey, yep. So, yeah, you know, the crown. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So let's get to these power rankings. Wait, Phil co-founded the Thursday Club with Mike. I didn't know that. Yeah, weren't they? Like- I thought that was just a club they went to, but they founded it. Well, okay. Oh, yeah, but we forgot to also say that Philip, his excuse for traveling was uh, he's the chairman of the WWF. Okay. I thought it was just thing that he was part of and got elevated, but no, he, uh, okay. So he, he's, he tells Queen Elizabeth, he goes, I was busy because I'm, I'm on the board of the WWF. <laughs> yeah. You know, the other most confusing thing I think about this episode was they kept saying pro fumo and alluding to this guy but we never see him. We've mm-hmm. never seen him in the show. And it would just help if there was like something to hang on there and to like understand, oh, he works with McMillan in some way. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But well, anyways. It's good to know that Prince Philip is a fan of wildlife, and that's why he's traveling. Exactly. I'd exactly. like to think that Prince Philip in his old age was in the courtroom with Vince McMahon when WWF lost the case and became WWE. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Hey, who who knows? So yeah, let's get to the power rankings. Yep. Who's going down for you? Who's well? I got three? John Profomo at number three. I don't. I barely know him. Don't know him, but he he seems like he had a rough go. He lost his job, and all these uh, all these parties around him went down with him. So. Well, I got an honorable mention, and okay. it's us. It's the the audience, because we have to say goodbye to this cast. That uh, that's fair. You know, uh, I wish we got to see him more. I'd I'd rather watch him in old makeup than see new actors take on. These well, I mean, it, we'll see. People it just doesn't make like... any sense to me to think that in 1963, all of a sudden, Queen Elizabeth looks like Olivia Coleman. It's like, wait, what? Well, it's not. <laughs> it's not 63. It's like 64 or five Four, or something, something like, yeah. like that. So it's like yeah. two years. Either way. Sure. Well, number three, I got the man who who he can't he can't catch a break. It's Michael Adeen. <laughs> I mean, he. I, I guess he He's has to around. deliver this bad news, and and he kind of gets walked all over. It's it's could have been Martin. Okay. Who who didn't even get to, we didn't even get to say goodbye to Birdie. Oh yeah, right. He's we hardly gone. knew him. Jeez, and no Tommy LaSalle. What a waste. All oh, these people man. coming and going. It's sad. Truly. Um Well, number two, I got the Thursday Club. Uh because that's where Ward, you know, operated and helped, you know, pull in a lot of people to attend these parties and stuff like that. Doesn't sound like this Thursday Club was no good for anyone, really, <laughs> this no. season. Doesn't so, seem uh, like it. Down, 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 down. Well, speaking of that, I got Ward at number two because uh, 
It all kind of blew up in his face to the point that he died. I mean, you could say he killed himself, but yes, yeah. He did. Well, he did. He did. <laughs> You'd be right. Uh, well, at number one, I got McMillan. It's oh, it's got to be. The guy can't keep Mac. his pants on to save his life, and he can't keep his job either. Can't His wife is, is makes a mockery of him. Mm-hmm. His wife is laughing at him with her boyfriend who looks like Tufton. Yep. So, again, hardly knew you, McMillan, but you're, num- you're number one of the, the down power rankings. Yep. I think he made enough of a... He would appear yeah. on some form of rankings. He's been there before. Yeah, he's memorable enough. Dave, who's going up? Number three. I got to tie it's Margaret and Tony. They're expecting another kid. They're progressive. Tony's yeah, I, doing Tony I, I things around the world. I, I have both of them at three. They, they seem like they're having a healthy marriage, and who cares if the neighbors complain about the noise? They're building a home to last, right? So yeah. good, for, good for them. Yeah. Number two, I got Phil. Okay. Because... You know, he he gets off. You know, that's he one way be, of putting it. Yeah, he's the mystery man, but he also, uh-huh. if he is the mystery man, his wife calls him out and basically says, "Look, I know you might have cheated on me, and that's fine." Mm-hmm. And then he denies it and commits. Sure. Well, I I have Elizabeth at number two. Okay. Uh, just because uh. She's having another baby. She flexes on McMillan. Um, but her iron levels are low. So, you know, she, she has to struggle a little bit to, to get her through Her iron pregnancy. levels are fine. Her baby's and, iron levels are low. And she, you know, she gets answers out of Phil of his commitment, but she doesn't get the smoking guns. But, you know, just enough. So she's number two. Well, I got Liz at number one because... Well, I got Phil at number one. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Elizabeth layeth the smackdown on, on McMillan hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah in a very memorable scene mm-hmm. and she has everything you said she she doesn't she wins yeah well i mean for everything you said with phil he get he gets he gets off he gets away with <laughs> whatever he was getting up to and he gets to keep his marriage and he gets to stay in the st moritz you know just to hide out so you know good on him he made All it right. through well that's the that's it that's the crown season two i mean what else do you expect so dave i think next week I think we owe it to this cast to do a bracket, right? Or do some kind of mix match or something? Well, I think we didn't break down season one. We didn't do a power ranking breakdown of season one because right. we said we you know, we did that at the end of Downton Abbey season one and it was a little dull. Yeah. I think we do owe it to this cast to do a proper power ranking breakdown and just mm-hmm. discussion of the two seasons as a body. Sure. I think and we kind of just I touched think- on that a little bit, but... Yeah, we can dig out more some more insights. We need a third man for a, a mix match challenge. So to okay. make any promises about next week, I mm-hmm. don't want to say something, but if we can make something happen, we might. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. We'll blow it out. We'll blow out the crown. Either way, we get, we're talking overall two season power rankings, seeing how people do, seeing how people don't do, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. So there will be before we enter season three in this new cast, we will properly bid adieu to our favorites in season one and two absolutely so dave on that on that note uh what else have you been watching kind of a not watching heavy week for me um mm-hmm. i did watch bill and ted face the music half oh what'd on, you think i thought it was really good i thought it was great yeah right it, it captured the spirit very well yeah and one thing but, you didn't uh, over or undersell was the the daughters were so well cast. 
Yeah, I thought they were good. I thought they were pretty good. The girl from Ready or Not was awesome. Yes, Mara Weaving. She's the niece of uh, Hugo Weaving. Uh-huh. So you get the Agent Anderson and uh, and Neo connection there. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the robot may be the best part of the movie. <laughs> the robot was very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a good and the, one. I always think of when I watch time travel movies that, like, just totally go bananas to the wall like let's 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 let bill and Ted show up to downton abbey oh that'd be great i'd be so in for that <laughs> get that'd be, that'd be fun get keanu reeves talking in british accent again love and it the, the, i think my favorite thing about bill and ted in particular and in the first one and this one because i haven't seen they don't time travel in the second one right not not as much no when they just show up people show up in different times in like current clothes and nobody addresses their clothes <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like oh, as hey. a matter of fact yeah love it <laughs> uh i watched uh, the movie uh, peanut butter falcon dave i've seen no, it Shia it's a LaBeouf, good movie Joe, giant yeah yeah great it, movie i mean great it combines great everything that you that that is you dave in a lot of ways you know your profession uh wrestling uh Shia yeah, LaBeouf. It's a good one <laughs> Shia LaBeouf, Huckleberry yeah. fan, big fan. And who is it? Who's the 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 kid's roommate? Um, it's uh, the Nebraska guy. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. I forget. Uh, I I forget. He's in stuff we've seen though, The Driver and everything. Yeah. Um. And Jake the Snake Roberts is is really good in Peanut he's Butter a Falcon. Bad man in that movie. That movie. <laughs> he he's. Well, it's as a as a wrestling fan, like when Mick Foley shows up, I kind of roll my eyes because he just doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. But like Jake Roberts is in like three or four scenes, and he's really good in every scene yeah. that he's in. Yeah. The old guy you're thinking of is Bruce Dern, Dave. Yes, Bruce Dern, Laura yeah. Dern's dad. Yeah. Good movie though. Good movie. Yeah, I thoroughly I watched that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I haven't been watching too much TV and stuff. Just been been busy. Yeah. So. I think we can wrap it up, though. <laughs> I think so. I think I think we yeah. can put a bow on this season. Yeah, and we'll return next week with a proper send off to the the cast of the Crown. And we should so then, what we should just give a shout. Go on YouTube if you want to see when just when we thought it was over. Poor Buddy Murphy got got his his butt whipped not only by Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio's wife and daughter. Really, the whole family <laughs> went to town on him for gouging yep. out the guy's eye. Okay. Yep. Well, that happens. That's karma. So that's uh, you know, just when we thought that this couldn't, <laughs> could couldn't have any more. It has a little more. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, you can find that clip on YouTube of a family beating down a man on WWE, and then you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Lord's Grantham at Gmail, and then uh, public T public store on it's our pin tweet store. on Twitter. Yep, you can buy merch there. Yeah, buy that merch. Yeah. And we'll catch you next time on the Lord's Grantham Podcast. Yep. Yeah.